0: This podcast covers all things health, your body, your brain, and your well-being. Each week, we'll be joined by doctors, as well as the occasional guest, to talk about the health topics that mean the most to you.
1: When people think of Parkinson's disease, they often envision an elderly person with slowness of movement, short shuffling steps, or tremor but the disease can and does occur earlier in life, and this is called young-onset Parkinson's disease, or YOPD for short. About 4% of cases in the U.S. are of the young-onset PD variety. Younger people will experience Parkinson's symptoms differently due to their unique life circumstances. In this first of two episodes on young-onset Parkinson's disease, Dr. Bart Post of Radboud University in the Netherlands explains how young-onset Parkinson's disease differs from later-onset disease in terms of genetics, progression, treatment, and medication side effects. I first asked him about when the disease is considered young-onset PD.
2: There's a lot of discussion about it at the moment. In literature, they say it's under the age of 40, or 50 years old at the onset of the disease. And there is this separation between juvenile Parkinsonism, that's an age at onset below 21, and then between 21 and 40 or 21 and 50, we call it young onset Parkinson's disease. So there's not a real hard cutoff age in literature. In the Netherlands, we say it's 50, but it's arbitrary. choose that age.
1: What does the literature say about a genetic component for young onset Parkinson's disease versus later onset, and how would that impact going backwards, family history, and going forwards, having a family?
2: I think genetics are, especially in the young onset population, interesting. I think the younger the onset, the higher the chances that it's genetic especially in the juvenile Parkinsonism, you see a lot of genetic causes. But I think we leave that out of our discussion now. So we are talking about the the patients from 20 years, to 30 years, and in the 40s. And what we see in more literature at the moment, that around 15 to 20% of this population, and, and again, when you're in your 20s, the chances are higher, but around 50 to 20% have a genetic mutation. And a lot of the mutations are GBA mutations, so they're risk mutations, and LARC2 mutations, and then a lot of parking mutations. So it's quite a group that have this genetic component. The next step is when you look at your family to come, look at your children, then it's quite difficult. We do a lot of genetic counseling for our young onset patients. Um, Well, genetic counseling is not easy because, for example, when you have the GBA mutation, then there's a 50% risk that you give it to your children. But if one of your children has it, there's only a 30% chance that they will develop Parkinson's disease during life. So it's quite complicated, this genetics. You put in a lot of time to explain to patients before taking the test.
1: So it sounds like it's a dominant gene, but with imperfect penetrance?
2: Yes. Yeah. It's a risk gene. It's the same in LARC2 mutations. It's around 40 to 50% chance of getting the disease. So yeah, for the dominant genes, it is. For these two dominant genes. And there are this like alpha-synuclein mutation or the VPS35 that's rarer and they have a higher penetrance. And then we have to recessive the parking, the pink one and DJ one. But are, especially pink one and DJ one are rare. Parking mutations are, are more frequent. And when you have like a gene from your father and from your mother that's not good, then you get the disease. If you're sick with like, for instance, a parking mutation, then you only give one gene that's not good to your children. So your children won't be sick the only carrier especially dominant genes are difficult here is a quick word from our sponsor
0: we take this few seconds off to inform you our valued loyal listener about the best health and fitness podcast shows from the nespod studios join us as we give you the best of the best health and wellness updates you can rely on for the treatment of chronic health problems
1: When someone does develop young onset Parkinson's disease, how does it manifest? Is it different from what you would see at a later onset?
2: We looked at it, and there are several other studies in Europe and in the U.S., and what we see is that young onset, especially, they have a much more dystonia. At the onset, a lot of patients have dystonia, for instance, in the foot, and you see around between 10 and 20% of patients have early dystonia. And some of them, they have dystonia before they get their bradykinesia and rigidity. What's really typical, what we see in this patient group, is exercise induced dystonia of the foot, for instance, during exercise. So when they do uh, running, and after five or 10Ks of running, they get this inversion of the foot. And that can be the first sign of a young onset Parkinson's disease. You don't see that that often in later onset disease. The other thing, you see less tremor in young onset PD. So the tremor is more prevalent in the older age group. And after diagnosis, you see a lot of delay in the diagnosis more than in later onset. And we think it's because the features that it presented with For instance, the exercise in Jewish dystonia, they are not recognized. And the second is that, oh, you don't expect it in a patient of 32 or 34. And in 65, it's a normal age to to get PD, then you're triggered to think about it. Those are the biggest differences between presentation or diagnosing young-onset PD and when when compared to late-onset PD.
1: Are there implications for daily clinical practice? Do they respond differently to drugs, or are there other differences you have to take into consideration in the office?
2: Yes. After diagnosing young-onset Parkinson's disease, then there comes the discussion about treatment. Well, as we all know that we have levodopa, and dopamine agonists are the mainstay of therapy for Parkinson's disease. And what we know is that levodopa induced dyskinesias are more prevalent in young onset patients. Under 40, after five years of disease duration and treatment with levodopa, almost all of the patients have levodopa induced dyskinesia. As opposed to older aged onset, for example, above 70 years, we know that after five years, only around 30. Percent have this dyskinesia. You see a lot more levodopa induced dyskinesia, and that's why there's a lot of discussion has been, or there still is in the world, discussion about should we start with levodopa in young onset or do we prefer a dopamine agonist? And at the moment in the Netherlands, but I also know that, for instance, we all start with levodopa and then at a low dose and slowly titrating, and then we combine it after a few years with with the dopamine agonist. I think that's a main point in treating young-onset PD in the beginning.
1: What do you see in terms of progression, speed of progression, or when it may begin?
2: When I talk to young-onset people, and I do it every day, I call it the paradox of getting young-onset Parkinson's disease. When you get it at a young age, your progression rate is slower than when you get it at an older age. For instance, when you get it on age 35, you have a considerable chance that you will live with the disease for 20 to 30 years. When you get it at an age at 60 or 65, these chances are much lower. I think it's around 15 years normal progression to you really get problems like dementia or falling, and, and eventually you die of a complication. So, Getting it at a young age means that the progression rate is slower. You have to live with the disease for a longer time and be impaired a longer time. That's what we know from
1: literature. How do younger onset people respond to exercise? Is it as recommended for them as for later onset?
2: Yeah, we recommend it to all the patients. We did a study in the Netherlands, a trial, For exercise and we compared it to stretching. For as far as I know, we didn't see any differences between younger and older age people in this cohort. So for me, it's the same when I counsel patients and say exercise is important for all. That's not a difference between late onset and young onset.
1: Very good. I appreciate it. Next time we'll pick up on talking about some of the emotional issues and some of the counseling issues. So thanks for being with us today. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you. This will conclude the episode. Thanks for tuning in. If you like what you hear, please leave a comment and subscribe. Thank you.